Yeah. 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 Did you ever hear something called guilt, called money? Money. You heard of it? Okay. So, you know, you can take a coin, put it in the pushka. You know, for tzedakah, do a mitzvah. In mechanica, you get some from your parents or your bubby and zady, different people. Uh, maybe you could buy a, a treat with it or uh, some food or a toy. But when you're younger, you don't really need money. It could be fun. You have some. You could do a mitzvah or buy something with it. But you don't really need it that much. When you get older, that's when mommies and tatties, they need a lot more. They need to pay for everything, pay for your toys, pay for your, your clothes, everything. And you should know, everybody here really has to thank their mommy and tati for having them learn, having you, having you children learn taita. Because when we learn taita, we do what Hashem wants, that's how we get all the good things. And if people are worried, oh no, um, some of these people are worried, how am I going to get money? You'll hear in this story, this person was very kind of worried about, about having guilt, about money. But when, how we get more good things and more everything is when we do more mitzvahs and do what Hashem wants. So we got to think, Arami Tati, having us learn Torah, it's just the best thing for us. It makes our Hashem is healthy. And it makes us also us have all the good things and also have riches, everything, through doing what Hashem wants. You're hearing this story of a very special way, though. something that happened, like this. Many years ago in Russia, there was a very simple person, a very simple Jew. His name was Yankel the Clay... Digger. His, you, sometimes you see there's different types of cups in your house. You can have a plastic cup you drink from, you can throw it away. Then you have some kind of cups that are like, maybe for a mug, for a hot drink. It's made out of a different type of material. So a lot of things are made from materials that come out of the ground, called clay. There's different ways you make things. So he would go outside of the city, and he'd go to the woods, different places he knew where to go. And he would dig in the ground. It wasn't such an easy job. Take a shovel and dig deep in the ground. Pull out different clay and sand. Bring it back into the city. And sell it to people who needed it. Or sell it to a factory that they worked and made different things out of it. So he worked very hard. And he also had, and you know, he also had two horses to help him slap the clay that he dug up and put in his wagon. But he didn't make so much money. He, they didn't pay him so much for it. He said, thank you. Here, this is a few coins. That's how much it's worth. He worked very hard, and he was always tired from his hard work. And his poor horses, uh, they were also, they worked maybe even harder than him, walking, carrying this wagon. And they also were very tired. They were very weak horses. And he didn't have money to buy a new one. And he didn't even have money to give them fancy oats or good food. He just gave them, hey, simple food for, for animal food. Imagine you just get, uh, instead of getting desserts, so the animals didn't get animal dessert. They just got regular food. Okay. But Yankel, as hard as he worked, and he didn't have so much money, he never complained. He was always happy and saying, you know, Hashem's helping me. Uh, everything's for the good. One day, he was riding back in his wagon, and it was kind of rainy, it was kind of stormy, and he saw on the way a Jew standing in the woods there. It was outside of the city, and he had mud it was very muddy, but the ground was very wet. And the mud went up to his knees. It was very hard to walk through that. And he called out to this wagon driver, Yankel, to help. He said, help, please, please, excuse me. Uh. So Yankel came over to him, and he said, please do me a big favor of giving me a ride into town. It's very hard to walk through this. It's going to take me forever, and it's raining, it's cold, everything. So Yankel said, listen, I'm very sorry, but... You could see, look at my horses. They're, they're very weak. Uh, they could barely move through the rain and carry what, their load. 
And if you come on, it's going to be even heavier. They're not going to be able to pull you. So this Jew standing there said, I have an idea for you. Tell me how much money your clay costs, how much people want to pay you. We'll take it off, put it on the side of the road, and I'll sit there instead so it won't weigh more. Maybe I'll be even lighter. And I'll pay the money. And Angle said, okay, fine. You'll pay me the money for it. Okay, deal. So they took off all this clay and put it on the side of the road. And this yid sat in. And now the wagon's even lighter. And the horses, ha, ha they were happier. They have a poor little, little bit lighter load. And they started going even a little quicker. So on the way, Yanko asked this person, um, by the way, what's your name? He said, my name is Moshe Leib. So Yanko said, Moshe Leib, uh, are you by any chance the tzaddik that Moshe Leib saw silver? So the city answered, I am Moshe Leib. So now the ankle felt, ah, that means I have the schos of having a big tzaddik, giving him a ride. He was so excited. What a, what a big mitzvah I got. And he's like, wow, thank you Hashem for giving me the chance to do such a big mitzvah. I just, wow, such a schos. So he came, brought him right where he needed, and said, please, don't give me any money. I have a mitzvah, I have a schos to take you. No, 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 don't give me anything. Okay. So he came home, and his wife asked him, you came at a different time today. You don't usually come at this time. What happened to you? Did you do a lot of business? You made a lot of money? He said, oh, you know what I got today? I got such a schos, such a mitzvah I got. I was able to bring the tzaddik, the Meshach Sussur, for a ride. I brought him home. You know how amazing that is? He was all excited. And his wife said, okay, and what did you get for that? What did I get? I got a mitzvah. She said, did you, you didn't get any money? No, I didn't ask him for money. I would, I would never ask him for money. Did you at least get a bracha for him? Did, he, did you get him, give him a, us a blessing? I think it's time that we shouldn't be poor anymore. That Hashem should reward us for the mitzvah. We should have more money, not just buy some cucumbers and some bread, but a little more than that. And she's had some tears in her eyes. So, he was never thinking of asking for a reward for doing a mitzvah, but uh, you know, uh, maybe my wife's right. I should go to the tzaddik and ask him for a bracha. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we really need it. Uh, okay. So Yankel came back to the tzaddik and said, uh, Tzaddik, I'm sorry. Um, my wife wants me to come back and ask for a bracha. We are, uh, we're a little bit poor. Maybe we could um, be a little better. So the tzaddik asked Yankel, Tell me, what do you have in your house? He said, uh, really? I don't really have anything in my house. My house is pretty empty. The only thing I have is two skinny horses. So Sadiq said, okay. So you'll have one for Purim and one for Pesach. So Yankel came home and told his wife that Sadiq said, we'll have one horse for Purim and one horse for Pesach. So she's crying and she said, oh, what a bracha that is. That probably what she he didn't understand. What do you mean? Have a horse for put him? What do you do with a horse for put him? So she said, "Oh, that probably means one horse is going to die before Purim, and one horse will die before Pesach." And and she was right. Right before Purim, one horse died, so he sold it because people use the skin, different parts of the, of the dead animal. With the money, he bought the Purim, sold it whatever he needed for Purim, and one horse died right before Pesach. So he used the sold and used the money, he bought the food for Pesach. So now he came back to the tzaddik, and he, this time he was also crying, not just his wife, and said, um, 
Now I have nothing at all in my house, not even two horses. You're right. One horse is important, one horse is a Pesach. But now, uh, now we need food. I have no money. I don't know horses. So the Tzaddik told him, don't worry. Have a talk, it'll be okay. Take a beggar's bag, and you'll go around begging like a beggar. You will end up becoming an innkeeper. You'll be in charge of a hotel. That's it. That's what Tzaddik told him. Okay. So Yankel left, and he couldn't understand how a beggar could become an innkeeper, but the Tzaddik said, do what the Tzaddik said, and don't ask any questions. Okay. He came home and told his wife, I need to go be a beggar. I'll become an innkeeper. I don't know how. That's what Tzaddik said. I'm going to do it. So he took a bag, and he left his house, but he was really too embarrassed to go in his town and beg ask people for money. Because everybody knew him. It's been so embarrassing. I'm going to go out and beg people like, like I have nothing left. He's too embarrassed. It's very hard to be a beggar. He said, I'll go to a different town somewhere people don't know me. But being a beggar in a different town is also not so much fun. So Yanko was wandering from one town to the next, and another village, collecting, begging people, come to give me some money. And when he'd gather up some money, he would send it back to his house so his wife and children could have some, some food. Okay? So, again, it wasn't an easy job. It wasn't much fun. And sometimes he didn't even have that much food. Uh, okay. One day, he was, he finished a long day of walking around, collecting. And he was tired. He was cold. He was hungry. And he went inside a hotel. It was a Yiddish hotel. And he went nearby the oven. Because nowadays, if you want to warm up your house, you go over to the wall and you push a button. And then there's all these machines warm up the house. Back then, they didn't have all these things. You had a fireplace. You put some wood in, makes a fire. And it spreads warmth from there. So if you want to be warm in the winter, you got to a lot of times sleep nearby the fireplace. So he was cold, and he went nearby the fireplace. And on top of the fireplace, there was a place he was able to sit down. It, was, it wasn't burning hot, but it was warm. So he was very tired. He lied down over there. During this plane, maybe some stones, it was warm. Just to warm up and like rest a bit. Okay. While he was lying there, two merchants, people who do business, came in and they ordered a fancy meal. Get us a, a fancy good meal. And the innkeeper saw these people looked like they were they had they had a lot, it looks like they were kind of rich. And he said, Yeah, you know what? I'll serve them the meal. I'll talk to them. I want to see what's happening here. Why not talk to them? And they said they started talking to this innkeeper, and they said that they buy and sell a lot of animals. And they usually buy and sell to the big puddits, the big the guy who's like in charge of the whole area, the rich people. And this time, they came to the puddits, and the puddits said, no, 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 I'm not doing business with you this time. I need from you a mushke. Get me a mushke. Does anybody know what's a mushke? Yeah, what's a mushka? Okay, close, yeah. Good, very good. Somebody must have heard some of these stories before. Someone who was in charge of the inn, in fact, they, they, they were a yid. A lot of times these puddits would hire a yid to be in charge. And they would nickname them mushka. In fact, it says the reason why they nicknamed them mushka, the Rebbe said, a real reason is because every yid has in him a part of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
So they would like call every Jew, oh, my Moshe. He could have a, he could have a name, Yankel's Metal, who knows what, Avram Yitzchak. They would say, oh, that's my Moshe. And they would nickname him Moshke. The guy would chap somehow that every is connected to Moshe. He'd say, my Moshke. This Puritz, he was hanging out with the other big rich Puritzim. And they were saying, oh, my Moshke, he does such a good job with my hotels. And he did this and he did that. And this Puritz, he was saying, uh, I don't have a Moshke. I don't have anybody. Uh, you know what? If everyone's showing off, there's us so well. I don't, ha- I should go get one. So now when these two Yiddish merchants came, he said, you guys are Jewish, you need to find me a Moshke. Or else I'm not doing any business with you. You, I'm not buying nothing from you. Go get me a Moshke first. That, then I'll do business. I don't care who he is. He could be a beggar. I, I need someone Jewish to do it. They were talking, and the whole time, Yankel is on top of the fireplace, and he hears them talking, how this Puritz wants a Moshke, a Yid, to be in charge of his hotel. What did the Tzaddik tell him he's going to end up doing? Be an innkeeper. And now he hears him saying how this Puritz wants someone, a Yid, to be an innkeeper. And his heart's pounding away. <gasps> that, that, that means me, right? And he hears him talking. And he said, you know, we need to find someone, but this guy, this potter, he must be like a little crazy. Just scream, get me a mushka, I'm not doing any business with you. Well, well, you know, who would want to work with him? Said, uh, I said, yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's okay. Just that he's jealous of the Pritzim. Uh, uh, we could find someone maybe. But who could we find? Do you know where we could, where we could, where we could find someone? Are you to be, to be his, his innkeeper? You know, they told the innkeeper, if you'll find someone for us, we can give him some money. We'll give him a few hundred rubles. Because we're going to lose out so much money if the Puritz doesn't do business with us. We'll give him money. We'll help him out. Just just we get back to do business with the Puritz. So this innkeeper is thinking and said, oh, I think I know who, my, who could do it for you. Just a little while ago, I saw a beggar come into my hotel and sleep on t- go to sleep on top of the oven. Maybe he'll want to do it for you. You know, if we'll get money from it to get a job. And Yankel, his heart's pounding away. He said, oh, they're talking about me now. That I should do it. That's what the Tzaddik told me. They said, hey, you beggar, sir. Hey, come down. And he jumped down. And they, the, 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 the two Yiddish merchants looked at him. This guy with, you know, beggar with all these, like, very dirty ripped clothes. But they said, oh, okay, fine. He said, we want to talk to you. He said, I heard every word. I know, I know, but I'm hungry. Give me some food first. Sure. Order another fancy meal for him. So he had a fancy meal that like he didn't have in a very long time. He ate. And then he said, okay, I'll do the job. I'll do it. And the merchant was so happy. Oh, wonderful. We got someone so quick. But you can't come in these clothes to the putt. It's like that. And ripped clothes. He's not going to... Uh, go get the tailor. We'll order you very, very nice clothes. We'll pay for it. So the tailor came and measured him. Okay, I'll bring you back some beautiful clothes, beautiful shirt, beautiful suit, beautiful shoes, everything. And then we go sew it. It'll be ready in a few days. I said, okay, until then, here, we'll get you a nice fancy room. You can rest. We'll pay for your food. And now Yanko, ha, huh, he didn't have this in such a long time. A nice, comfortable bed and a really nice, real food. So he was so happy. And a few days later, after enjoying himself resting, I found him from his hard work wandering around collecting, he came to the Puritz with his nice clothes. And the Puritz said, Ah, oh, you're going to be my innkeeper. Wonderful. Your name is Mushke now. His name was Yankel. You're Mushke. Good. Here, I'll pay for everything. You'll come to the hotel. I'll bring your family here. And I'll give you the hotel two years for free. You don't need to pay me rent. You get all the money for two years. And then the Yidden there, 
the merchants, he said, now, I'll do the business with you, I'll buy you the cattle. Ha <laughs> ha, wonderful, you did a great job. And the two merchants said, you know, we'll, we'll give them a present. We said, we'll, we'll give them a few hundred rubles. Here, they gave him a present, a few hundred rubles. And then, all of a sudden now, Yankel's an innkeeper. And he already has a few hundred rubles, plus the hotel for free for two years. So he, Baruch Hashem had a lot of atzlach, he did very well in his hotel. And a lot of people came, and everybody liked his hotel. And he started making a lot, a lot of money. And now, he started getting very rich. But he didn't forget what it was like, how hard it was to be poor. And he always let people who were poor and didn't have money to come to his hotel. He would give them food, he would help them out, he would give them tzedakah, because he remembered what it was like. It's not fun to be poor. So Yankel was always thanking Hashem for, for saving him and for taking him from such a hard place, from being in rags, from a low place, to make him rich. Now, Yilach, just one second. Emmy remembers, could tell me, he was so poor. How did he get rich? Yeah? Good, he had a big schus. He got a bracha from the tzaddik, and he gave the tzaddik a ride. That's, that's how he got it.